consumption portion of GDP. In the U.S., it makes up about 70% of GDP. For other countries, typically around 50%. And we are a consumer culture. And I would point out that the upward revisions yes. were largely inventories and consumer spending, right, exports, which right. is another problem for those people who are saying, hey, Fed, you guys are doing too much. Yes. Because the Fed's going to point to that and say, hey, you guys are spending so goddamn much, you're making me have to raise rates again. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Welcome back to the show, everyone. If you're watching on YouTube, you know it's going to be a bold, sassy episode because I felt the courage to wear another white shirt despite the fact that I look goddamn awful in it. I saw you got some chicken breast today, so I know you're feeling good. I saw lunchtime. That's his legs crossed. Bro, I had three of those chicken breasts. I had three. That's all I had. That's all I had for lunch today. I literally was like, I get another chicken breast. And the guy came downstairs and the guy looked at me. He was like, just tell me you think you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> just tell like, me you're trying to jump on a program. It was just, come on, man. I, I'm, just, I mean, I'm so tired of ordering bad food all the time that I just needed something like, yeah. you know, keep cool. my stomach. Good for you, man. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of me too because I got to be honest with you. When I got home. I was like, I need nachos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if you're listening to the show, happy 4th of July. This episode should drop on the 4th of July. Yes, yes. You guys got big plans? Uh, days off, so I'll be spending time with the kids and the wife. So, my wife uh, was planning to take us to Disneyland on Saturday, this Saturday, and then on May on January 3rd. And, but don't worry, 4th of July, we got no plans. <laughs> okay. That was the plan. <laughs> so, we, I got out of Saturday because she's got a hair appointment up in LA, but we're still going on, on the day before, so July 3rd. Yeah. To Disneyland. Which may or may not be weird. Well, we'll see how it is. I don't know. As of as of, I always have, but as of lately, I've been appreciating the time with the family more and more. I don't know. Something's been something's been kicking in, and I've just really like locked in. Maybe they're just lying to you and trying to see if like they, they're nice to you. You'll go away. No, no. I'm saying I'm appreciating it. More. I know. I'm yeah. cherishing it more. I know. Yeah. No. Maybe, you maybe they're trying to make you feel feel fulfilled, so you leave. Oh, really? You think that's what do it I is? sound as nasally to you as I sound to me right now? No, you sound like an asshole. Oh, I know that. That that was intentional. <laughs> right. With the, the actual tone of my voice. No, no, you're voice. okay. I feel like I just sound sick still, so but whatever. All right. Well, shall we jump into it? Let's do it. All right. Well, it is the number one financial literacy podcast in the world, so we might as well give you some lessons. All right. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're going to start this week's episode or this night's episode. I always say this week, but it's really two per week. So mm-hmm. this particular episode, I guess. Hmm. I don't really think things through. I just say it. Or shadowing. Yeah. No. No. no, yeah. Said wants to go down to less episodes per month because we got some good advice from a friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been very hesitant to agree to it. And we both are very conflicted about whether we should do 
less episodes, better quality, or continue with the current cadence that we're on. So if you're listening and you're like, hey, I like this. I like hearing from them twice a week. Yep. Or, hey, you know what? Maybe uh, a couple shorter episodes and one longer one every couple of weeks. Maybe two long episodes a month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever you think. Let, you know, drop a comment on whatever social platform you follow us on, DM and maybe us, whatever, uh, right. or DM site. Yeah, you can you can DM me too. But I am kind of popular these days. You don't be responding. You don't <laughs> even be responding to me anymore. No, no. Did you did you send a message or something? Send you a message. It says active. Like, really? This motherfucker's active, not reading my shit. Yeah, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm tip, tipping my toe and dipping my toe into the celebrity status. So many DMs, bro, I don't even look at them anymore. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I just got a lot of happy birthday wishes, so I haven't had the chance to get through them all yet. Got it. Yeah. So first quarter economic growth was actually 2% up from 1.3%. First reported in major GDP revision, which Saeed has talked about in prior, prior shows. GDP can be revised. In this case, it was revised up, way up. Mm-hmm. 50% higher than where it originally started. Making the Fed feel real good about I, themselves. Yeah, I, I, um, I was a little stunned, to be honest with you, because that's just empowering the hell out of the Fed. And it really comes at a time, too, when a lot of people don't care because we're about to hit, you know, end of Q2. So Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. We'll, we'll get, get into, into that. It. Yeah. World's deal makers are down one trillion Spelled trillion, of course. <laughs> one of the, the, the worst. <laughs> Sorry, Rune. I had to call you out, bro. That's not it. That's a copy paste job. Oh, really? Was it it has to be, trillion? right? Odin? I have enough faith in Odun. No, that nope. he... was me. Yep, that was him. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to give him that for the doubt. Yeah, well, it's okay. But, you know, he's a trillion dollar man. Trillion. <laughs> uh, one of the worst years for MA and IPOs in decades. That is actually very telling in my mind. I think mm-hmm. we'll get into why it's foreshadowing. Deal makers adrift as one trillion dollars vanishes in first half. Whoa! This this piggybacks off your article. You didn't see, but I had threw in some charts for you based on your article. I did not see that. You're welcome. Number five is one we talked about about a year ago, and people got all sorts of salty in their feels whenever I said luxury watches, Rolexes, and all were going to come down in price. Really? And then I had some people get you know in my DM saying, "Hey, man, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing it." Well, now. We're hitting mainstream acceptance that this has been a reality. The article talks about prices for luxury Swiss watches are near the lowest in almost two years on the secondary market. So anytime you want that bling, bling, blow, now might be your time. Now? Really? Yeah. Actually, Adam's always talked about a particular watch, so I, I keep like messaging him like whenever I see it. Okay. So now might be the time for him to pick that up. Okay. Popularity for of, of apps for early paydays, mass added risks. Sai and I are going to get into that one. It's probably going to be really, really uh, visceral on my part. Yeah, I don't, I don't like these types of things. But we'll get mm-hmm. into that. Why? Talk about some house hunting, some uh, economic growth in the quarter, which Sai's really just you know replicated the article that I put put up. Fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you realize that was the same article as the first one? No, I did. Did not. Did you didn't read my stuff? Did you? Did not. Just ignored it. I did. Yeah. We'll talk about jobless claims and Airbnb could be in trouble. Oh. Potential collapse there. Potential. This is actually going viral over the last two days. So I don't know if you saw it. It was going all over Twitter. I did not. Yeah, so I'll put it here in the show notes to get your live. But I feel like Twitter yeah. viral is not the same thing as like other world viral. Got it. Like Twitter's its own ecosystem now, contained. Really? Yeah. So unless you say something so inflammatory on Twitter that it goes to other news media outlets, it's kind of like contained. Got it. Yeah. So, all right. So we kick it off with uh, CNBC. Let's kick it off with CNBC GDP. Yeah, you know me. 
First quarter economic growth was actually 2%, up from 1.3% first reported in major GDP revision. The U.S. economy grew at 2% annualized pace in the first quarter, according to final revision to the figure released on Thursday. Mm -hmm. This was well above the previous estimate of that 1.3% we referenced earlier and the 1.4% Dow Jones consensus forecast. They were liars. Liars. So the irony here is that the Dow Jones consensus forecast came out at 1.4%. Then the number itself came out, and they're like, oh, my God, 1.3%. We hit consensus. It's a miracle. And they're like, wait a minute. No, we didn't. It was low. <laughs> it was low, right. Well, actually, so when this number first came out, it was a big cause for concern, if you remember correctly, that Q3 of 2022, GDP came out at positive 3.2%. Mm -hmm. Q4 came in at positive 2.6%, a drop. Q1 of 2023 initially came out at one3 and people were like, see, look. The Fed's really fucking up. They're doing too much, way too much tightening. And now it got revised up. Now, Jerome Powell's going, all right, guys, we haven't revised that shit yet? Okay, cool. See, guys, I told you we weren't wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, it's just I'm real convenient. Real Jerome Powell, convenient. Jerome Powell dipped his toes in that little koi pond mm -hmm. and was like, ooh, gotcha. Right. So given that this is a financial literacy podcast, I thought we'd take it a step it further. Yeah. Sure. I, I figured we'd take it a step further. We've referenced GDP, obviously, on the show before. I think majority of the people understand what it means and what it represents, how it's a gauge to measure, you know, the strength of a healthy economy. But I don't think we've ever actually talked about how it actually gets calculated and what goes into it, right? It's so, an average of stuff. Average of a lot of stuffs. Yeah. Yeah. So GDP is actually the equals the consumption plus investment plus government spending and plus net exports. That all that equals GDP. It's something that's all around us at all times. When you go to Starbucks and you buy your $5 coffee, $5 factored into the GDP. So is the barista's uh, salary. So is the equipment around. All of it. All, everything around us is factored into GDP. So just, just to be clear here, you would like people to take that as a definition and feel comfortable with it and say that they understand what it is now? Because that confused me and I already knew what it was. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, I can break down each component for you. There you go. Okay, so consumption, the consumption portion of GDP. In the U.S., it makes up about 70% of GDP. For other countries, typically around 50%, right? That's just another way of saying consumer spending. And we are a consumer culture. And I would point out that the upward revisions yes. were largely inventories and consumer spending, right, exports, which right. is another problem for those people who are saying, hey, Fed, you guys are doing too much. Yes. Because the Fed's going to point to that and say, hey, you guys are spending so goddamn much, you're making me have to raise rates again. Right. Absolutely. And you're right. That's exactly why this was revised upward for uh, consumption and uh, ex net exports. Yeah. The investment portion of this, this measures how much businesses spend on things like buildings, land, equipment, uh, and even buying a home. Right. Uh, government spending. This is, what, this is the money that local, state, and national governments spend on things like roads, schools, and defense. This can vary a lot depending on each country's approach. And lastly, is net exports, right? So are, are you importing more than you're exporting or vice versa? So put it a different way, think of gross domestic product as the expansion of the economy. How much money is in play in all these things at any point in time? Mm -hmm. And it expands in a healthy economy a couple percent or a percent or two a year. Too much expansion means things are too expensive. and There's too much money in circulation. Too little expansion or negative retraction 
mm-hmm. means that there's some other polar problems in the market, meaning that there's, you know, really people are not spending, they're pulling back, and the general economy and the spending is shrinking. Right. There should be a little pause for concern where, you know, after the pandemic in 2020, right, with all the, all the stimulus that's, that was given out, it was like a $2 trillion package. How much of that, you know, we know, we already know that's impacted inflation. You mean trillion. 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 We know that's impacted inflation, but how much of that contributed towards, you know, GDP? So when you're looking at GDP. A lot. A lot. It, it absolutely. a huge amount to GDP. So when you're seeing positive GDP, you want to consider is the current, what we're currently experiencing, is this sustainable long term, right? I would say normally a 2% annualized growth would be healthy-ish and sustainable. Right. But I think for what we're trying to go through right now, quantitative tightening, pulling liquidity out of the markets. Yes. Raising the Fed funds rate, which mm-hmm. ultimately lowers things like wages and, um, and employment. Right. We got super strong labor numbers, which shows the economy is strong and healthy and resilient. Mm-hmm. And we got not a contracting economy. It's still growing, and it's growing at a 2% rate, not a 1.3% rate like we thought. Right. It's now growing at a 2% rate, which means a healthy rate. So despite all the things the Fed has done, exactly, we are still growing as an economy, as a country, at a healthy annualized rate. So the, the Fed says, wait a minute. If we put so much pressure on the economy, things are breaking, the wheels are falling off America. Mm-hmm. Why is the economy still growing? Why is consumer spending driving this up in, in part right and to make matters worse the atlanta fed gdp now figure today's as of today's estimate for q2 is at a positive 1.8 percent which is a very 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 small change and that still could be revised back and up that could be revised up exactly yeah. so and you got to remember that the fed do you recall what it was going into the last print gdp now going into oh for q1 yeah no i don't I wonder, I wonder if it was close to 1.3 or not. Right. No, and Not that it matters. I'm just, I want to, as just like kind of like a proxy for how off this one may be. Just how off it might yeah. be. But so we got to remember that the Fed is, let's oh, there you go. Room, pull something up. Coming in, wait. Gross domestic product, boy. third estimate. Let's see. First quarter of 2023, yeah. Annual rate of 2% in the first quarter. Yeah. We, that's what we just said. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Appreciate the effort. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you kind of, Humble the bag a little bit, but you know it's all good, brother. So when this number, so when this number is a positive number, that means we're in expansion mode. It's um, positive for the economy. When this is a negative number, this is what the Fed has been pointing to: that if they get two quarters of negative GDP growth, that typically signals a recession. But we know that National Bureau of Economic Research has to come out and do their job. God damn! Can you imagine going to work every day and that being your job? Hey, say, what do you do for a living? It's, the, it's like the white elephant in the room, the big elephant yeah. that no, in the corner. No one's talking about. Oh, hey, Sai, don't you work for the National Bureau of Economic Research? I do. What you been doing for the last couple of years? You know, we got cornhole outside. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're working from home, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we got a ping pong table. Yeah. We're going to talk about 2022 and 2025, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're going to wait and see how fucked up this gets before we say anything. Yeah. We, we want the fucked upness to, you know, move along and then yeah. we'll recognize it later. Yeah. We... We don't want to say how fucked up it is now because it could get worse. Yeah, exactly. Then y'all really going to get pissed off. Right. So we're going to save the recession. Yeah. Then. Yeah. So then like three years from now, we'll look back at it and we'll acknowledge it. So you feel like, oh, yeah. So maybe it was fucked up. Yeah. That's like your wife saying, 
can't say I love you now because I might love you more later. <laughs> it's cute, right? See, I made it romantic. I'm, I'm trying to process it. Yeah, process it. <laughs> <laughs> can't say I love you today because I might love you more later. I'm going to go drop these bars. Yeah. <laughs> look, baby, you look pretty, but you might be prettier later. Right. I can't say you look pretty now, right? I'm going to say this. Yeah, exactly. Kids don't say that no more, huh? No, you may say gaslighting. That's the, that's the new confidence. Gaslighting? Yeah, gaslighting. I hate it's, it's a term I hate, man. I don't use it. Gaslighting's been thrown around a lot by these younger kids, man. And these kids. And it's it's to the point now where like everybody's gaslighting. If you give someone a compliment, mm -hmm. but you correct them in some way, like you know how it used to be proper to say, Hey, Said, I really appreciate what you did there. That was brilliant, but I've got a few suggestions. Oh yeah. Gaslight. <laughs> yeah. Room, pull up gaslighting, urban dictionary. It's time. Oh wow. First of all, what's up, what's up with the photo? Move it over to the right a little bit. I can't see it. <laughs> Gaslighting. <laughs> a form of intimidation or psychological abuse, sometimes called ambient abuse. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is so insensitive. Said, I don't appreciate the ambient abuse you're putting on me right well, now. Hold on, so let me look this up real quick. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Where false information is presented to the victim making them doubt their own memory. Okay, that right there is key in this, okay? Oh, wow. Major key alert, right? Major key. Major key alert. Yeah. So here's the problem. If That's you, so fucked up. If you're knowingly doing this? It is, but here's the way it gets portrayed nine times out of ten. And I've, I very rarely have seen a set of circumstances where I'm like, oh, you said that was gaslighting and that's actually gaslighting. Because nine times out of ten, this is how it works out these days. Okay. A younger person will talk to an older person. The older person is trying to, hey, try to change their opinion because they don't believe the younger person is fully informed on the topic. Yep. The younger person ultimately gets mad that you're gaslighting them and abusing them and forcing them to change their opinion on something that they believe. Again, the making them doubt their own memory. Okay, well, but, if you're doubting your own memory because you were wrong, that isn't gaslighting you. Yeah, you were I wrong. Feel, I feel like if, and if, if you call somebody out, though, for gaslighting you, like, in the moment, I feel like you're, you're on the lookout for negative shit, though. The classic example of gaslighting is to switch something around on someone that you know they're sure to notice, but then deny knowing anything about it and to explain that they, quote, must be imagining things, end quote, when they challenge these things. So wait a second. So if you were to tell me, Saeed, you, know, you did a really good job on this, but you go on to correct me. Mm -hmm. Naturally, I look at that as like, oh, wow, my friend here is, first of all, like acknowledging my feelings and then correcting me. So I'm looking at it as a positive thing. Yeah, no, man. Kids these days don't look at it like that? Not in some cases. In some cases, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. See, that's a negative outlook on life. I don't like that. Sometimes, no, it's just, it's very combative. Sometimes it's like, yo, 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 hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. I know I did good. Okay. My riz was on fire. Okay. Like, I'm, no, my riz, they don't say on fire, huh? No, fire. My riz, my riz was off, King. No? No, no, no. no. My, I went up. My riz How went up. up? <laughs> How do you say up? How do you say up? This is like an urban dictionary for up. Lit. No, you know, they'll say lit and dank are gone, bro. Oh, really? Which ironically was weird because, you know, one's light and one's dark. And but Travis moist. Scott's shoes are in. He says it's lit. No, I think that's like his catchphrase. Okay. Like, I feel like we're out of our lane. Like, DJ Khaled is in another one. Yeah. Like, that's, he's also outdated, too. Is in the painting your beard thing? Why, bro? That's crazy. And his hairline, you all know, painted. So I've actually had that happen to me once. You painted your beard? I didn't know that I was doing it. You had that happen to you? Yeah, I trusted a Get barber. Get the fuck out of here! I you trust... didn't feel him spray painting your face? No, 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 it wasn't spray. It was with a brush. 
<laughs> the brush. And you didn't see him brushing paint so on your face? When I, like about 10 years ago, right here uh, on my goatee. Because you have the gap? There's a little bit of a gap. I didn't know. I, I was like, I, I was just telling him, hey, man, I, this part of my uh, goatee really bothers me because I used to fill it out all the way. He's like, I don't like how there's a little gap right here. And he's like, oh, I got you. Don't worry. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I thought he was going to shape me up. He, he came with a brush. But that I, before I could even say anything, he just started brushing. I was like, what are you doing, man? And then, then I shifted bars. I went on a first date with a girl once because my beard naturally has a gap here and here on the sides, right? Yeah. But just off the, the center of both sides of like the middle of my chin, right? Yeah. And all men usually have that. Some mm-hmm. men have a very full beard or it grows over it. Yeah. But you generally don't grow a whole lot of hair there. The girl was like, why do you shave your, your beard like that? And I was like, that's the way my hair grows. And she goes, oh. You tell me you don't like it? <laughs> no, I just never I just never talked to her again. I was like, you're out. You're out. Obviously I look goofy to you, right? Yeah. Like that's just naturally my face. There's a right. problem fundamentally. You're yeah. out. Come on now. Yeah. Well, should we talk about uh the world of deal making having a, a bit of a problem? Or shall I gaslight you some more? No, absolutely. Let's go let's get right into this. All right. From Bloomberg Business, world's deal makers are down one trillion dollars in one of the worst years for MA. That's mergers and acquisitions and IPOs, initial mm-hmm. public offerings. In decades, right? World's deal makers are roughly one trillion down in one of the worst years for takeovers of the stock market's listings in a decade. That's the year-on-year drop in value of mergers and acquisitions and initial public offerings in the first half. Right. A period in which inflationary pressures, financial constraints, think higher rates, and geopolitical tensions nixed activity across regions and sectors. Yep. And with traditional summer full summer lull on the rise so right now when the summer comes comes off yep not just for kids this business ipos and m&a's it also goes on a bit of a hiatus for a little while not a lot of activity right so fears of recession lingering in the next six months could bring more pain to wall street where banks have already been slashing bonuses but keep in mind a lot of m&a and ipo go through banks so this will hurt the big banks profitability in a way that community regional banks who don't do this type of activity right. Are going to be impacted. So I actually pulled from the from the next article I pulled in this chart that shows the the amount of activity, you know, over the last wow, almost, this is a good chart over the last twenty years. You went to the article, huh? Well, this was my article, and no, don't it's our article, our article that I put in your section for you, for as, us, as an assist for us. You don't do this show for me. You do it for the, the listener, no, for you, I, I for never, all of us. I never told you, do you this. Do it for the people. You do it for the people. You are not a man of the people. You know. You know. To be honest, I never told you this. I I do the show for you, man. You really? Yeah. That's funny. I told him that the other night, too. You did? Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I have no conscience. There's a constant theme here. I have no conscience, bro. <laughs> Trust me, we know this. <laughs> We've known you for 20 years. I am years, your conscience. No, yeah. so if you see, if you see the... the uh, Is Jamie Foxx okay? I hope so, man. He's been gone a long time. Hasn't said nothing. Yeah. And I'll be honest. Every single time I see an article about him come up in the news, I keep looking at it. Yeah. Hoping that it's like a positive like statement. Yeah, me too. And nothing, no, there's nothing new. Because there's multiple movies that are supposed to come out, right? Yeah, one of them. I don't think I don't know if it's finished. And they use like standards. That, and, and then I was I was always waiting for the Mike Tyson one. Yeah, he would have been so good. Yeah, maybe he still will be. I mean, hopefully, I hopefully. But if you look at the volume of these uh, merger and acquisition deals currently right now, it's right in line with you know what happened during the Great Recession. Yeah, that is true. Look at that. I didn't, I didn't notice that. And I think this is more impactful than people people realize. So let me explain. Yes, please do. So, seriousness or sarcasm? No, no seriousness. No, seriousness. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Really? 
Yeah, because I know you have a you have some experience in this. Yeah, I like to merge my acquisitions. See, I like to offer my public offerings. The initial offerings only. <laughs> well done. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll use the banking sector, which we talked a lot about on the show, mm-hmm. uh, as a great example of what the problem is in MA activity right now. Right. If you're looking to combine two companies, right, mm-hmm. in a merger and acquisition. So an acquisition is simple. It's just buying somebody, mergers, taking two companies, you merge them together, and you figure out what the combined entity looks like and what management teams survive. So on those, can could, could there be like a, is it always a 50-50 split or could it be 51-49? There's a controlling? There's, there's lots of different ways to do that, right? Okay. There's lots. There's Sometimes it's like a, a take under where the company that you're really merging with, that's smaller, really survives and their ownership team survives. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of different like Monte Carlo-like analysis. But don't, for the purposes of this, don't worry about it, right? Okay. There's merger where two companies come together and they figure out the path and they agree on the terms and it's all that and it's one where somebody just buys somebody else and it's the same company. Coca-Cola goes and buys you and you don't exist anymore. Yes. So here's the problem with the market using banking as kind of like a reference point. If you want to acquire somebody, Mm -hmm. the entire sector has been hit pretty hard. So who's going to spend their excess capital right now to buy somebody unless you're Wells, Chase, B of A, these big banks, right? right? And if you are some of these larger banks, why would you buy anybody now? Why wouldn't you wait till they fail, they get seized, and then you buy them for pennies in the dollar versus whatever you would negotiate with for an acquisition? There's that. There's definitely that. And I, I would think that it's no different than you know a commercial real estate transaction deal right now. It's really hard to come to a, an agreed value, yeah. right? Because I can only speak for, from the banking sector. We know banks right now are not trading at their tangible book value uh not some are some I mean, not, some not, but not, not all not the majority yeah not the majority so yeah. if, if there were to be mergers and acquisitions right now how do you you know agree on a value because typically you look at you know similar companies right when it comes to acquisitions and mergers mm-hmm. to, to estimate what the value is or try to predict future profits so multiples are going to come down what you're going to see is typically speaking uh, in order to come with the purchase price, it's a multiple of their earnings, right? Okay, so we break that down. So if you're going to buy a company, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is across any sector. And the problem for like companies going public, that like the, at the time Uber was a great example. Okay. There wasn't an Uber out there. There was no reference point for how much similarly situated companies trade for. Right. What their multiple of earnings was for a fair market value. Yes. The stock market is essentially a very simple concept. We talked about it on the show many, many, many times. It's basically a discounted cash flow. How much money do you think this company is going to make in earnings? Mm-hmm. So that's how much you drive the price up or down, right? It's just all earnings based effectively. Okay. And you can believe in the concept of a business and the value in the business and the balance sheet and how much it's worth and all these things. But these are all really secondary considerations, at least in my mind. Right. So when you think about how a company stock trades, they usually trade X times earnings, right? One times earnings, two times earnings, three times earnings. Is there standards for different sectors? Or? There are similarly situated transactions for sectors. Like for a long time, the tech sector traded at crazy ass multiples, super high multiples. Okay. Which is why all these companies were selling for like a massive amount when of you money. Say, when you say for a long time, you mean over the last like 14 years? I would say over the last 14 years, over the last really since call it 2001, mm-hmm. they began to trade up and up and up and really hadn't come down a whole lot. And now we're starting to see all that come down because, again, people aren't willing to spend the money. They don't have the money to spend. And again, the other part of the conversation is 
is now the merger side of the conversation. Right. If you're a company who feels the need to merge with somebody right now because you think the combined strength would be good, right? There aren't a lot of companies, regardless of what sector you're in, banking or not. We'll use banking again as a proxy. If you have loans that are on your books that are underwater as far as the market rate on the loan goes, yes. But you got a, a healthy amount of capital and you got a healthy amount of liquidity, but you have this interest rate sensitivity risk. Okay. All other banks got the same problems you do right now. Okay. Almost all of them. So you're going to find a bank that doesn't have the same market pressures that you have mm -hmm. to make a merger make sense so that you can you know, take your strengths and their strengths and combine them together to have a better strength. Otherwise, you just got a bigger problem with the problem you already have. Right. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for a lot of merger activity in all sorts of markets. Mm -hmm. So the merger activity is slowing down. The acquisition you know, is, is an opportunity. They're waiting for the best opportunity to acquire, hence the reference to a recession, hence the reference to all this geopolitical unrest, mm -hmm. because geopolitical rest typically you know, brings us into recessionary economies and then ultimately out of into a prosperous economy. Right. So everybody's saying, why would I make a move right now when a merger isn't going to help better my position? Right. In an acquisition, I can get a better price. Yes. So just like your homes in your neighborhood, people are like, well, I'm not going to sell this property because I got a low rate. I'm just going to wait and see what happens. Mm -hmm. So are companies. Wow. And therein lies yet another thing. So let's talk about the things that are paused in the market. Okay. You got corporate debt, which is mounting, and there's more defaults in the corporate debt. All time market. high, I believe, like ten and a half trillion. All time high. You got consumer credit, all time high. Yeah, seventeen trillion. 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 Got to get it right. Trillion. Come on, room. We got you, bro. We're gonna change narrative. That everybody spells trillion, trillion. Want you to know who's the villain? That's it. No, I'm trying to support him. I'm and trying to change the ecosystem around him. I'm not gaslighting him. Okay. I feel like you're gaslighting. I feel like this is gaslighting. <laughs> I'm trying to go viral. Full circle. Uh, no, you try to get a viral infection. <laughs> you offering? Yeah, if you want one. Is I mean, gaslighting a euphemism? Gaslighting? Like a fart joke? Is it? Is it like a fart in a lighter? Yeah. I'm old school. That's, That's the I kind have. of humor I like. <laughs> <laughs> you got banks trading at, at significant lows off their highs. All sorts of you know unrest in the sector. You've got lending shut down effectively across like multifamily commercial real estate. You got office space at a super high number. Mm. You got single family real estate trading uh, the tr number of transactions in the market coming down to massive lows. Only the South and the Midwest are holding us. I'm not up. seeing, and I'm not seeing any light at the end of the tunnel for any of these right no. now. And and that's that's where I look at the bigger picture. Now you've got the, the M and A market. You've got I'm leaving a lot out there. That there's a lot. There's right. a lot out there. And I look at all this stuff and I say, okay, one thing needs to fall. One domino will fall and it will be the catalyst for so many problems. Mm -hmm. We could have a, a geopolitical problem. Russia's got a lot of turmoil. Civil war. You know, the, the war with Ukraine ain't going very well. Mm -hmm. You could have so many problems happen. You could have some, I mean, you could have a ton of things go, go wrong. You got a, an election year coming up. Let me paint a crazy ass scenario for you. Let's get hypothetical. One of one of yeah, many variables. Potential many variables. potential variables. Let me give you a hypothetical, right? And this is this is there's no facts. This is just pure speculation. I'm playing something out. A little bit of game theory. Okay. Room, feel free to jump in here and laugh if you feel like it's appropriate. Somebody com somebody commented, said every time I hear Odin laugh, I feel like I can picture his belly jiggling. That's a villain comment. And that's why that is, that is a villain comment. And that's why they and that's why they wanted that's why they wanted a camera on him. Let me tell you, let me tell you why it's a villain comment. You're making a reference to somebody else insulting him. Yes. To take the pressure off you insulting him. You saw what I did there? In the context of a third person. Wait, hold on. Wait. 
Damn, you broke that down magically. Yeah, because I, I've seen you do it. <laughs> David Blaine. You got no. stopped right there. Yeah. David Blaine. He's like, oh, shit. Damn, it figured me out. Yeah. Do you believe in magic? <laughs> and I hope you do. We are going to get Oruni camera, though. We are going to get him a camera. The only problem is we have to upgrade the, uh, the switchboard to... And let a... us know if you want him, if you want, like, photos of him, too, on the website. Yeah, we got I do want photos of him, but I want to send him to a photo shoot when he's not ready. Like, <laughs> I, like, I, just, I want him to go what he's wearing today. Like, a, a, first of all, you need to get longer shirts. Let's just start there, okay? And second, he's wearing, he's wearing a white, white T-shirt, which I shouldn't talk shit on. Hey. At least my... I'm also in a messed up size. We went live too. tonight, too, on YouTube. Yeah, and he sat in here. I can't believe we did it. Yeah. I'm like, we're go sit there. He's like, okay. Confident. Very nice. Very kind. Confident man. You would not have done it. And then you did it. And then people made fun of you. So you would look like you work at Target. What's, wrong, was. what's wrong with working at Target? I don't Nothing. Care. I just, you know, I think they're referencing the, the red color hues in your shirt, which is actually orange. I was going to say, it's man, like am I that colorblind? No. This does not look red to me. It's a burnt orange. But I thought the joke was funny because I know that you couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So um, here's my hypothetical. Okay. okay. Let's say the Democrats know that Biden is weak. Mm. And they know that they want to stay in power. So let's say Biden tees up somebody else to be a better candidate than, than himself. Okay. And let's say he bows out shortly before the election and says that he's going to step down as president. Him and his wife have prayed on it and they're going to take some time. Mm-hmm. they're going to focus on their health and he's going to step down in the sunset making Kamala Harris the first female president yes right she's happy she's quiet she's in the history books for the rest of her life mm-hmm. so she goes along with this knowing that there's a political plan in place mm-hmm. meanwhile Trump may or may not bow out because of his ongoing criminal saga which for better or for worse you can think of it what you want it's a problem for him at the moment. Yes. Right? Which, you know, he's always been resilient. Maybe find a way to use that as some kind of political fodder. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But let's just say the powers that be, these two men are otherwise occupied for an election year to come up with entirely different candidates. There's DeSantis. There's Newsom. There's all these people. God. And none of them are, are, in my mind, good, good options. And maybe I'm just older and less naive. But let's say we go into that type of scenario. The president of the United States decides that he is no longer fit to lead. You have your first female president in office for a very short window of time. The world is taken aback by this dramatic and un- unexpected change. Mm-hmm. And then you got people like Newsom and DeSantis and whoever the hell else tries to run. Now taking all the Fed's action, putting it under a microscope. Biden just came out and literally owned the phrase Bidenomics. Oh, man, I, I was wondering if you were going to get into this tonight. It was a stunning press conference. There's where, a whole lot of dumbassery in there. Oh, my God. We brought down inflation. Bro, the FOMC has nothing to do with you. No, Yeah, he's like, look look what I was able to do with the labor market. I was like, okay, well, what I want you to know is. Yeah, that wasn't good. That's not. Yeah, yeah. What you're doing is causing a lot of pain that the Fed is going to continue to inflict because you're taking responsibility for the job market right now. Yeah. You're basically saying I have actively worked against the Fed. Yes. And you're welcome for all the pain you're going to have to endure that they're at least attempting to fix. Yeah. And it's so fucked up because by the time elect the election comes around, that's when all the pain's going to really be going. Yeah. And that's my point. So now 
all this turmoil politically potentially hypothetically happens mm -hmm. maybe you don't need geopolitical unrest maybe it's just a political unrest here that causes like the dominoes to fall and people start to lose faith in the system i mean imagine you, you could still potentially have what's going on with russia and ukraine and then, you know from the articles that i'm reading online there's an uptick in potential problems with israel and iran is it really? I didn't read anything on that. Oh, yeah. Well, we that's a whole nother episode. But Israel and Iran are added again? God uh, damn. Yeah, it's fucked up. Like, you look at all, I mean, there's Israel and Palestine. I mean, this is a whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's just never ending. Any of the Top sad part. people in certain departments have been murdered and killed. You're like, God damn. This, the, the, here's a part that blows me away. Is I look at these cultures, the Israelis, the Palestinians. I, I look at the Iranians. You're so goddamn rich with history because they're some of the oldest cultures in the world. Right. I mean, there's entire cities underneath Israel and Palestine. Yeah. Of a, a world before today's modern world. Mm -hmm. And so much of that gets destroyed or ignored or fought over that people are missing the richness of the fact that we all came from the same place. Yeah. We all came from the same place, man. And it's sad. You know. It's sad that decades and, I mean, more than decades, hundreds and hundreds of years have gone by of fights. Yeah. Everything else. So, anyway. Anyways. Way to make it a dark show. Me? Yeah. Okay. Want to go on to the uh, next article, or shall we keep going down some images? You want to keep going down some images? Yeah. So let's go down to the next article, because uh, actually, you didn't reference this on, on the show. Right. Today's episode marks one year of me being on the show. I didn't even know that. Maybe I blocked it so out. when you said when you when you mentioned this earlier, you were like, I know a year ago, people were in your DMs talking. I was like, that wasn't me. I wasn't here for that. Is that why you've been all emotional lately? Yeah, man. I expected a Rolex for my first, for my first year. Come on, man. It's a financial literacy podcast. Why would I buy you a Rolex? Rolex, something. I mean, you got an Apple Watch Ultra. Ultra, baby. The new one's coming out in September, apparently. What? And it's thinner. I like it. That's the rumor. I like it thick. I like mine thick. See, and you're trying to bait me. And Arun and I had a conversation about you here. We're not doing that anymore. It's the girth that really is welcoming. Okay. First of all, we all know it's not the size of the watch. It's how you use it. Right. The girth. So the girth matters. Okay. Again, if that's what makes you happy is the size uh -huh. of your watch. Okay. Then I want you to understand that's fine for you. That's fine for me. Okay. Got it. Thank you. I respect your boundaries. Appreciate you. My boundaries? You actually don't. You don't respect my boundaries. What are you talking about? Grab my ass all the time. I've never once grabbed you your smacked ass. it. Yeah, you smacked it. I that good game, son. <laughs> that that's a cultural I didn't you are a basketball you're not coach. You're not, you're not allowed to do that anymore. Slap ass. So I no, when no, no. I, I bought kids, but no. men in you tell me grown ass Dude. men on the basketball court don't slap each other's ass anymore and say good game? No. Hell no. What? Uh, you're outdated, bro. When's the last time you played basketball? I, no one's tapping people. People aren't tapping people in the, on the ass anymore. Yeah, Key and Peele slap that. <laughs> oh, what, what happened on Key was and Peele? Was that a, they have a sketch on that? Yeah, slap ass. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Slap ass. Yeah, I've seen Great that, yeah. fucking shit. Yeah, it was man. a great skit. But I, no, they really don't do that anymore. No, man. It's, you know, it's all pounded. Come on. I like the game. As if I. No. <laughs> no, that, that is not better. I didn't even realize I did it. Chosen one. Chosen one. <laughs> so, so you can't slap someone's ass You can't anymore. slap ass anymore. You got to pound you, it. You got to walk up to him and say, pound it. <laughs> Chosen one. Stop. It's divine. Stop. It's divine this, intervention. Got, this has got to be intentional. It's divine intervention. <laughs> this has got to be intentional. 
I don't want to pound it. <laughs> I don't want to. Please don't make me pound it. I have, I have boundaries, man. Come on, man. He's crying. <laughs> oh, who's laughing? I'm sad. Oh, shit. I had to put my mic on mute. Oh, I know yeah. we can still hear you through the glass. All right. <laughs> All we hear is your belly rolling <laughs> in the table. So, <laughs> so business from Business Week. <laughs> the Bloomberg Subdial Watch Index, which tracks the 50 most traded pre-owned luxury watches by value, is well below price levels hit in June of 2021. Yeah, man. Called it. Nailed it. Yeah, you did nail that. I did nail it. And I do have a lot of friends that are into watch culture. Okay. And I will admit that I have always liked nice watches, but... I know. You, you actually know your watches somewhat well, too. Yeah, I mean, well, I should say, like... I'm more simple with my taste and everything else. So a lot of my friends, they have like the Audemars, the Piagets, the, the Hublots, all that. Like I don't, I don't get into all that. Okay. It, I don't really get into some like these crazy ass super expensive Audemars, watches. Uh, Audemars, is that the APs? AP, yeah. AP, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like those. Those, those are clean. Yeah, they're very beautiful. Um, but again, I'm simple. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, like a Rolex guy. I like yeah. vintage Omega. Simple stuff like Tex. that. Tex. Tex Philippe, beautiful watches. Yeah. Stunning. But those are also much more like subdued and not so flashy. Yeah, so I like I, that. It's yeah. like a subtle flex. Yeah, and it used to be like some of those things were so subtle and not known that somebody really had to be like into watches to see it. Right. And then they've all blown up. That's that was always when I was younger, um, and I I thought I knew watches pretty well, but I clearly didn't. That was the the lure for me. That was like, oh, they're, they're, it's a way to subtly flex. And not anymore. And I've never been a fan of like watches that are big and like bold and all these no, colors no, and everything no, else. No, like no. I, I prefer something that's just simple. Although I, with one exception, the only big bold watch that I've always liked is a uh, day date Rolex, particularly gold, with the presidential uh, band. Oh, presidential band. Yeah, right. I think those are I think those are beautiful watches. But anyway, the um, the AP Royal Oak Jumbo Ultra Thin with a current. Scroll down a room. Please. Thank you, sir. The current average price of $71,692 is the worst performing model over the past 12 months, down more than 35%, 38%? What is that? 35%. 35% yeah. the data shows. Wow. So Wait, I can well, tell I, you first I've, I've, heard, I've heard of that watch before. Odin, can you pull that one up, actually? Royal Oak? Yeah. That's a beautiful watch. Honestly, it's a timeless piece. I, I think the only reason why it's down so much. Yeah. Is, well, the Jumbo Ultra is also a bit, a bit different. So um, the, the, I think the only reason that watch is particularly down so much is because they bumped up so, so much in price. But this is also the, yeah, big, the bigger watch, face. This is, the one, this is the one that I was thinking about. Yeah, I love bigger face watch. and thinner. Yeah. So it, it's kind of the, the both worlds. I don't like yeah. the blue, though. I could probably get a black face, but yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of, of Onyx. They actually have these with kind of like a black and you know why, gold. You know why I like these watches a lot? Because you... It, it pairs well with suits. It looks oh. well, it looks well because it go it can go un, under the collar of your sleeve. Google uh, Rolex Haribo, spelled the same way the gummy bears are. H A R I B O. I think Haribo gummy Haribo, bears. Yeah, or H B O maybe. Well, those are the German gummy bears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Haribo's gummy bear. Yeah, they're, yeah. There you go, right there. Germany, that one. Right? This watch right here what? is one of the only weird watches that it I looks love. Looks like a fake. Looks like a fake Rolex. No, no, it's it's a beautiful. Watch. Look, there you go. That's the one. So rubber band. It's not like a metal band, so it's somewhat mm-hmm. subtle. Black face, uh, and then it has the uh, all the different colors. And this is a factory dial. This is this is not like somebody did it, like blinged it out. Mm. This is why it came from the factory. When it comes to, to watches like this, you have to realize that 
because of the precision that's required to put this in from the factory and the different color stones all the way around the watch, right? They don't make these in mass quantities. It's not like a Submariner, Datejust, and mm. these watches they just pump out in volume. They make such limited qualities of these quantities of these. They have to figure. They have to decide what stores are going to get this and what individuals are going to get this because not everybody's going to get this because it's just not made that much. Right, and they, that drives their value up. I think this is a this is a great daily wear watch. I wouldn't wear it personally just because it's a little bit more colorful for me, but it'd be great for casual stuff. Mm. Yeah, I think it's about sixty grand last I checked. Yeah, I remember that like during the pandemic, you know these values of these watches were just going through the roof. Yeah, one hundred forty two. Okay, maybe maybe I'm off in price. There's another one they just did too, uh, which has the same diamonds but with baguettes all the way around, which is really cool. That's so wait, do you man. even know if somebody were obviously these watches are out of the price range for a lot of people? But if you want, if you want to get, because I know if you you go into like a Rolex store, is it still the case that they don't they don't have any in the store? Yeah. You can't get them. You can't get them. So it's getting like, a little better now. So where where would an individual even go? Gray market. You would go to a dealer. There's uh, I'll give a shout out right now. A, a guy I follow a lot mm-hmm. on social media. Mm-hmm. He works out of Newport for another friend of mine. Uh, he, he has the at watch plug. Mm-hmm. Is, is his is his name is Mo. Oh, I've never met him, but I've just followed his page for a long time. Yeah. and he resells a hell of, a whole hell of a lot of these. Really? Yeah, and I'm, I'm you know. And he's they they get a ton of watches in their store, and I'll tell you they move a lot of them, and they they go pretty quickly. But I've seen values come down on some of the watches that I like have I come down from like a hundred thousand down to like sixty thousand. I'm at a, I'm at a point now with mind you, I don't own any of these for right, record. Right. Um, I'm at a point now with like where my kids are at, um, and on our own like financial journey, and it would be really really hard for me to ever cons- even consider buying something like this right because i just feel like the money spent i wouldn't i don't even know how much money i would need to be making or be saving or to have made in order for me to start even start to consider because i'm like why would i spend it on this when i could do so much else with it? so let me put it in a different context like these some of these watches are a bit exotic okay like like the, the two of you just like that the, the ap the royal oak and and the haribo the rolex yes let me put it in a different context let's say you had uh some kind of life event and you wanted to commemorate it, yes. birth of your son or son graduating college or something like that. Mm-hmm. Would you spend five, ten grand on a on a Rolex? I mean, that, it, that commemorates the moment. Mm. Five or ten. I'm not saying like not 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 me now in my current state. No, I wouldn't. No, but okay. I mean, it depends. I mean, that depends if you know I had millions in the bank. Obviously, I think it's Korean culture. I mean, I, I have to go back. I think I'm pretty sure it's Korean that it's customary for. The bride of the groom's family mm-hmm. to buy the groom a Rolex on the wedding day. Oh, okay. Or like a watch. Right. So I, th- there's moments it's that are cust- commemorated. It's, cu- it's customary in our culture too for uh, the the bride to buy, you know, the uh, the groom uh, a watch too. I mean, it's it's recently being adopted. It, it's not something that's been passed down from generation. But like in um, South Korea, weddings and watches, as the country's economy has grown, Swiss watches have become part of the traditional gift exchange between bride and groom. There you go. See? Wow. I know you think I'm not a man of the world, but I'm internationally known. To rock the microphone. Huh. I'll never do that again. I get stupid. I mean outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, oh my God, why do I listen to this show? Yeah. They're such millennials. Yeah. Well, mm. next, let's talk about something that's going to piss me off. This is... <laughs> Jeez. Not saying that on the show. Nope. Nope. Yeah, we'll do- <laughs> Not doing that. Ruin. 
I'm pulling for you, brother. You can't be typing stuff like that and putting it on the screen. Come on now, bro. Come on, that was good. So this, this laughing fr- at your own jokes that are inappropriate. So here, here's an article from Bloomberg that might get Chris riled up. No, I will. I read it. Yeah, you read it. So from Bloomberg, popularity of apps for early paydays, mass added risks. Earned wage access products have exploded in use while operating in a legal gray area. Some customers say they're getting trapped in a cycle of borrowing. They are. They're 100% getting trapped in a cycle of borrowing. The fact that there's no consumer protection for this is absolutely fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. And yet here we are. So this is so these apps operate. Differently from, you know, payday loans. Not much. Not much. I know. Well, here's the th- that's the thing exactly, right? They advertise themselves as being different. They look okay. sexy and sleek. They actually act like they're helping you, the consumer. They're all pitched that way. Right. Zero. W- there's no APR. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we won't. We, there's, there's, uh, we won't, you know, attack your credit after. Do you know how they get paid? Uh, yeah, on fees. So I actually have it here. So instead of collecting interest from customers. Mm-hmm. Many, many of these providers employ different types of charges. Some have subscription fees yep. for access to the service. Others charge expedited transaction fees, which you know people are doing. They're waiting to the last minute. Yep. I need the money now. Give it to me now, right? Everything's an expedited transaction. If you're going to a payday lender, mm-hmm. someone is going to give you a loan on your future check coming in. Mm-hmm. It's an emergency. Right. And the fact that you make them subscribe because you expect them to have reoccurring shortages of money because... Right. You pay them in advance of this paycheck. They get mm-hmm. the paycheck. Guess what? They got to pay you back. Now they don't have enough money to live on. They want another advance in the next paycheck. The whole subscription service, that's fucked up. You want to know what's even more fucked up? Mm. A couple months ago, you and I talked about how tipping is out of control. Out of control. These motherfuckers right here? Yep. Others solicit voluntary tips as discretionary payment for EWA services. 73% of consumers paid on 5.8 million transactions. People are tipping the services. Oh, thanks for doing the service. Not only am I going to pay you the subscription fee, not only am I going to pay you, you know, the, uh, the expedited transaction fee, but I'm also, here's an extra buck. No. What no. the fuck, Fuck man? no. Hell no. What the hell is no. Tipping, dude, I got some guy today. Mm. Let me tell you, you, asked, you tell me. You were there. You just didn't see it. I didn't see it. Oh, because you, you, you were acting all buddy-buddy. We went, no, I know those guys. I love them. Okay. Yeah, I've been going to that restaurant for 16 years. Okay. I know those guys. They, I grew up with them growing up, and they came up in the business, and now they're managers and shit. I like talking to them. Don't be fucking judgy, okay? I'm not, wait, hold on. Very judgy. You know, pretending, we okay. said. Hurtful. Go for it, okay. Lots of mean statements coming out of you tonight. So, the bartender brought me the check. Yep. A little hiccup burp there? I did, yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm trying to hold it back. Yeah. <laughs> brought me the check. There's a place to tip. I'm not tipping you if you didn't serve me. If the aggregate work that you put in was taking my order and giving me my order, that's takeout. Yeah, man. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not for that either. So I generally, I'd say like 95% of the time, I won't tip that, right? But there's a sushi restaurant down the street from my house. And like during the pandemic, I didn't know if they were doing well or they weren't. And I would go to pick up food. I would give him like an, I'll give him a five dollar tip. Yeah, during the pandemic, just, just to help, just to help them out. I want Car- you guys carve out the pandemic. I want you to stay afloat. Yeah, no, Carl. I'm talking like normalized. Business I know, but today. now, now when it's, so they mind re- you, the same they restaurant recognize me. So now it's like fuck. Like if I don't leave that five dollar tip, they're like, oh, this motherfucker. No, man. no, you got to pull they're out. They're getting, they're getting, he's getting cheap on us now. No, you got to pull out of that methodology. You can't do that. Yeah, you just don't want to. You don't want to impregnate the situation. 
Who's the villain? That's fucked up. What you're doing is messed up. I'm just saying you don't you don't want to leave that being a permanent, you know, reflection of you there. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So they're also they're also tipping these people now. That that's insane to me. There are so many situations where tipping doesn't make sense. First of all, if a restaurant adds tip mm-hmm. and you ask me for additional tip, you're an mm-hmm. asshole. Right. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And then why do they always say they add tip to parties in a small, tiny font? And then you fill out the tip section because you don't know. And then you go back and look at it. And you're like, son of a bitch. Right. It happens to all of us. All of us. Then why do I got to tip my, my Postmates in advance? Right. Why can't I wait to get it and see how fucked up my order was before I decide to tip? And so, <laughs> yeah. But back to, back to this article. The reason why this is, this is so messed up, right? You know, the majority of people that are using these apps, right? They're using it to bridge a gap. It's sad. It's sad. And then I don't. You, I don't like this type of lending. I think it's got no moral morals and ethics. I, I don't like it at all. Right. And I'm sure there's a use case. I'm just not a fan. Right. And obviously, there's a way to spin it to make it seem like it's helpful and useful. Yeah. No, I get. It. But you know, there's studies. There's Harvard studies on here that that are showing that people will use it up to 25 times a quarter. You're a like, quarter? A quarter. So you're like, man, that's two paychecks a month. Mm-hmm. So, so they're going, they're going multiple times per paycheck. Oh man, that's sad. It's sad, and they're using it to bridge a gap, and this ultimately falls back on the fact that between this and buy now, pay later, bro, I give up. Yeah, they're using this to bridge the gap because they don't have a built-up savings emergency fund, right? That they can tap into. Maybe they haven't established enough credit to where they can. You know, uh, or their credit's maxed out and part of the one trillion dollars that's out there, nine hundred ninety billion yeah. in consumer debt. Yeah, it's just sitting there waiting to to have somebody not pay it. Right. So, um, it this the only way that some of the users were able to get themselves off the app was to just delete it. Yeah. Well, my brother deleted Instagram because he was addicted. Can yeah. you imagine if Instagram was giving you dollars? Got to delete it. Gotta delete it. Gotta delete it and not never get it back. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Or do one of those things where what you do is you change the password on the site mm-hmm. using an Apple suggested password. Right. Then you delete the app. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the passwords in your Apple, in your Apple uh, passwords, okay. and you delete the password. I mean, that's a it just that seems you, you like got to restrain lot. yourself, man. That seems like a lot. It does seem like a lot. That's why I suggested it. Nah. Don't don't, don't be an elitist. Not being an elitist. Not that kind of self control. So from CNBC, house hunting is already tough. Guess what? It's about to get harder. Pause. In the last week of June, the number of homes for sale fell below year ago levels for the first time in 59 weeks. New listings in the last week of June were down 29% from the same week a year ago. Mortgage rates recently crossed yes. back over 7%. Yes. Percent. 7%, baby. I've been telling them. I've been telling people, man. Mm-hmm. Mortgage rates gonna go up. It doesn't really matter what the Fed's gonna do. They're like, no, no, no. You don't understand, man. Uh-huh. You don't understand, man. Right. No, they're going up. Mortgage rates are gonna go up. I expect to see this higher. We saw them tap eight percent. Like, uh, was it how long ago was that? How do you, sometime towards the end of last year. It was getting close. I don't think it ever crossed over though. Okay. I remember you were getting ready to do a live with Adam, and we were talking about it. Yeah, I think that there's there's a possibility we, we might butt up against eight again. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think that's a real, real possibility by year end this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. especially if the Fed raises two more times. And right in the ding ding. And Jerome Powell was out this week dunking on everybody, all the realtors. 
He said, listen, I know we I know we paused this last time. I'm letting you guys know we are going to raise again. It's on the table. And not only is it on the table, I might do it back to back. See, here's what bothers me about that shit. Is it's what? so cavalier. What, what if he went in and the other voting members are like, you know, hey, Jerome, we've been thinking about it. The data has come out. We really don't feel comfortable raising rates right now. We're going to wait. Does he close the doors, turn off everybody's like microphones and say, put your phones on the table. Yeah. Make sure nobody's recording and goes, listen, motherfucker. <laughs> y'all going to vote for this increase, okay? I'm Jerome motherfucking Powell. Yeah, I'm the one out there doing all the work. The fuck you think this is? Yeah. This is my block. It's, yeah, that's honestly, that's, it is his block. Now get your ass out there with your pens and scratch in the number on your Scantron for 25 basis points. Yeah. <laughs> you think you were like that or visual voting? According to Larry Summers, he's like, he should consider 50. Right, Larry right Summers is just on drugs, man. Yeah. I think he's just so pissed off at the world that his last name is Summers, like Suzanne. Right. So given this and what I, what I referenced at the beginning of the show, so apparently there's a potential for an Airbnb collapse. Mm, I didn't see this article, so I'm, I'm, I'm so, giddy. So, Odun, can you please pull up the Airbnb article? This, is, this was the tweet that was going out. It was uh, somebody that runs a consulting firm, right? He uh, went on and was analyzing some of the data. This is Nick Gurley? Yes. Spelled G-E-R-L-I. CEO of uh, ReVenture Consulting. So he's been blowing up. He's been on a lot of the media outlets. I caught this from uh, Breaking Points, and then I went online to uh, see what the hype was about. So apparently, he posted some of the, some of the data from... Oh, can you scroll down a little bit, please? What's the website? It, it, it pulls the data from Airbnb and VRBO. Uh, where is it? Oh, so use their own data against them? Use their own data against them, right? <laughs> and, and what he was saying is that, you know, revenue in some of the hottest markets during the pandemic that blew up, like, like areas like Phoenix, were Airbnb down 30-some percent. Yeah, they're oversaturated. Way For the longest time, Airbnb grew. AirDNA. That's where it was. Oh. The, da- the data platform geared towards the short-term rental industry. So Airbnb grew mm-hmm. because... They were, they're, I mean, simple process. The only way for them to grow their revenue in their mind was to get more hosts on the platform. Right. And some areas got so saturated. Yes. Because everybody on social media was pimping this out. Airbnb arbitrage. So to your point about saturation, okay, this article went on to say, in Phoenix, these investment properties outnumber homes for sale by nearly 10,000. That's a problem. Gurley says the gap is even wider in Sevier County, Tennessee, where there are almost 10 short-term rentals for every one house that's on the market. Damn. 10 to 1. Talk about saturation. And you you know a lot of those people are having a tough time paying those mortgage payments. They're having a tough time paying those mortgage payments. I don't know what kind of loans they have on them. I don't know when they decide to get in, right? But now let's imagine a world where values do come down 10 to 15%, like we predicted. And now they're underwater. Also, the revenue isn't coming in. Let's say the revenues are coming down 30-some percent mm-hmm. in some of these areas. This might be the exodus needed for inventory to come back on the market in the real estate game, right? Maybe. To bring some, to bring some pressure down, Maybe. right? It's unknown. And it's unprecedented. It's unknown. We don't, it's un- we don't know. This has never happened before. Kind of like your, uh, what you mentioned earlier about um, Uber, yeah. right? So it's a model that came through, and these are the very disruptive models, right? Mm-hmm. 
and you don't know the impacts on the system. I think a lot of people thought Uber was great and it's amazing, but Uber struggled and still is in some ways to make money. Yes. It hasn't been a smooth ride. Airbnb got a little more lucky. There was mainstream adoption, but we haven't seen how this really plays out over the long run with hotels. No. We haven't seen how this plays out the long run, you know, for housing. We know. So, and that's actually a really good point because I know that's why I make them. Yeah, you do. Because you make, they're all great points. You make great points on this I'm show. I'm out here. You're out here all the time. I was watching Joe Rogan interview Ice Cube. He was on there? Ice Cube was on, and I watched it today. He's, he's really upset yeah. with the big three. He's making the podcast circuit. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen a Rogan episode in a long time. I got to tell you, Rogan is a spectacular interviewer. One of the best. But I got I to gotta be real. I watched 15, 20 minutes of the episode. Well, I was the Stairmaster today. Bobbling my thick little booty up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And I um, thought to myself, you know what? Side and I give you 15 minutes of better, 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 good, good. We give you the. Oh, we'll, the yeah, yeah, we'll entertain. Cube and him, they weren't entertaining. They weren't vibing. You could just tell, like, nah. Yeah, you know, Cube's probably in there sizing him up too, like, motherfucker, I'm better than you. He was just, he came, he came in like odd. I had a, I had a, a cousin um, meet Ice Cube. He says he was a real prick. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't say that, Cube, if you're watching. That wasn't me. It was a cousin. I think he's a smart dude with a chip on his shoulder and kept coming where he, where he came from and going through what he went through. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. I mean, I've seen the NWA documentary. Right. I get it. But to the to the point that you you just made, so the credit tightening cycle that, that's to come, because right now, like we've said on the show, what we're experiencing right now, the credit tightening cycle has not started. The banks right now are holding back, waiting to see what the Fed does before they start to deploy you know, some more money out into the market, mm-hmm. right? Before they decide to lend on whatever they choose to lend on. Higher credit conditions will definitely impact leisure and hospitality, without a doubt. I've been waiting, man. Yeah. Airline up, leisure, hospitality up. Yeah. I mean, construction up. I mean, look, I'm looking at some of the stuff that's going on. I'm the, going like, what, why? The rates, that, the rates that they deal with are not the same rates that you see for, you know, your home mortgages. They're, you know, completely different pricing. Right, yeah. So, so well. So, eh, yes and no. Some people they'll try to get loans. They say they're owner occupied, and they're like, "Well, fuck them. They won't know. Then they can't get the proper insurance for it." It's, it's a lot it's of it. A lot of it's Wall Street Journal Prime, right? What? Some the rates that they're getting on some of these business loans. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I'm not talking about like uh, I'm not talking about like an investment property like a home that they oh, use yeah. it, like as a second home. No, no, no I'm not talking about. Most of those are Wall Street Journal Prime. No, no, I'm talking about the leisure and hospitality sector that we're seeing is adding sixty some thousand jobs. You oh know, yeah, they're every get, every getting, every month they're getting no, taxed. They're yeah. Go- yeah, they're gonna get crushed big time. So, anyways, no, I mean, I mean, I'm I've been critical of Airbnb for a long time. I've been critical of Open Door for a long time, mm-hmm. and they're 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 fanboys and fangirls, and they 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 vehemently defend their their love and admiration for these companies and all i'll say is look i like being disruptive i respect what they're doing mm-hmm. but i'll tell you that when you're trying to be disruptive it's not always an easy ride look at robin hood right look at how much turmoil they caused democratizing the space together they, they did it they won mm-hmm. you know uh but I would say after the fanfare died down, are, are they as big as they once were? Are they is in your face invisible? No. No. So I, I think that you're going to wind up seeing a lot of that. Uh, yeah, I remember it's blowing up the stock price, which is down significantly. 
Nice. Um, yeah, you know, nine ninety seven. That's not terrible. I was thinking of something the other day, and I wanted to bring it up on the show, and I wanted to surprise you with it because I wanted to get a candid, both you and Arun, I want to get a candid response. This is not me making jokes. This is me serious question, but I know the timing is difficult. I was thinking about um, the Titan submersible, right? Went underwater, tragic ending. Pieces now have been pulled up. And we've mm. seen it in the news. Yeah, I saw that. And you're like, okay, this, this is real. Right. And they made some weird cryptic comment about potential remains or something. It was very yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then yeah, I thought why, to myself. Why? why are you going to say that? I don't like that. Yeah. I think it's because they couldn't identify it, but they didn't want to talk about how like destroyed or mangled it was or something. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Then I, so, so I really started to think, okay, look. Granted, the submersible wasn't regulated. Right. Or wasn't inspected the same way, but it wasn't very highly regulated. And then I thought, started to think, okay, there's a whole space that caters to these crazy-ass wealthy people who want to get a once-in-a-lifetime luxury-like type experience. Okay. Then I thought, what about Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk taking people to space? Yeah, I know. They want to do that. Absolutely, yeah. I would never get on that. I don't care. I don't care how much money I got. Let me ask you. I know, I know, and I wouldn't go on either one anyway. But I'm just saying, like, I'm not jumping out of a plane, dude. I'm not doing. Why would I go to outer space? So let me ask you this: If you're a billionaire, okay, do you feel less comfortable going to space now that this happened? I would hope so. I really would hope so. Because because if you weren't uncomfortable before, like, first of all, somebody needs to smack you upside the head. Second of all. Like, dude, like, that's the problem. Do they feel that invincible? So let me give you a perspective that I thought, because I was reliving the James Cameron interview. Yes. James Cameron said, other than it's been like 40, 50 years since we had like a submersible have an issue. And he said it's a mature art. What he was trying to reference is, is that we've gotten very good at making sure these things don't implode. And I feel like what he's also trying to say is if this company took the necessary steps, this right. should have never happened. Correct. However, how many fucking rockets have you seen blow up going into space recently? At least like three. Yeah. And I, I don't know if there's a governing body for the re- that regulations, but it's frustrating. Billion, billionaires are lining up to go to space. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, what's the difference? Going into like the deep ocean or space, it, there's still a risk that why? Yeah. Get another like real, dude. Come on. I'm just saying, like, you know, at what point do you go, okay, you know what? It's not worth the gamble. Yeah. Anything that requires you to sign a death waiver, I'm out. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, exactly. If I have to sign a waiver for death, then the risks do not outweigh the return. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Aye. So you think, you think like Blue Origin, all these companies that were planning on taking passengers to space, you think that they're, they're not going to get any lift? Think, I, mean, I, you're all, I feel like you're always going to have a market for that, though. Really? Yeah. Uh, Non-fatal incidents during space flight Odin pulls up. Apart from actual disasters, 38 missions resulted in some very near misses and also some training accidents that nearly resulted in death yeah there you go i don't know man it just seems like a a crazy crazy time i can tell you right now i don't know that i could ever do any all this is insane so not only is that a crazy time but there's been about a 900 percent uptick in crypto scams since the pandemic began Okay, and this is this is an article that was sent by one of our listeners that tore me up a little bit. I felt bad. You're going back on topic in an hour and five minutes. You must feel bad. I feel really bad. I feel bad for this guy. And if we could if we could prevent like even just one person, right? 
This guy lost $340,000 to a crypto scam. like these are on the rise. This is from an article from NPR, right? Basically, what happened, and I'll give you the quick rundown. Um, this guy came across a posting online that was advertising for, you know, you can invest in some crypto. And the minimum amount was like 350 bucks. So he does it, logs back in a couple weeks, value goes, value doubles. Decides to put in a little bit more, value doubles. Continues to grow. Decides to throw in his entire life savings. See, that that's, I don't get that. Yeah, man, but that's the problem. These people, they don't know. He thinks that it's online and I can trust it. He was getting bank statements, forged bank statements that had Barclays' name on it. That he never contacted Barclays, right? Did Barclays even trade crypto? No, it's forged. It had nothing to do with it. I mean, he didn't cross-check anything, right? And so that happened. And then ultimately, when he tried to get his money back, he got another letter from Barclays saying, you need to send in 2% of what you're requesting in order for us to verify. And then he contacted the number on there for Barclays. And that's how we found out Barclays was, it was forged. On the, the website that he was um, investing in, I got to get the name, it's in here. They had other like partnerships of other trusted cryptos like Coinbase, Cash App, Crypto.com, Trust Wallet that they apparently do business with. They've never done business with any of them. Yeah. It was a lie. Right? Yeah. And you just feel for this guy. And, yeah. So the, the name of it was Firebit. That's the name. That of sounds it. like a scam. Come on, man. I feel sorry for this guy. That sounds, I mean, I feel this bad, guy, but I mean, this he's, is old, tr- he's older. I think he was in his 60s or 70s. He didn't know what to trust. Obviously, he didn't cross check with any. I have okay. friends. Come I have on, friend, man. I have, hold on. I have friends. I have, You're going to send $340,000 to Spire Bit and not do any fucking research on how to trade this shit? No. Yeah, that's what they, they don't do, man. When okay. They're older like this. No offense, bro, but you got to own some of your responsibility there. So when he's checking, and then, so this is the part that, that burned in the most. When he was going Everybody on, gets scammed. I get, it's when terrible. He, when he, when Jesus he was, Christ. When he was going online to his account. This is still on, on, online? Yeah, man. Is it, is it the, the account that scammed him? This, uh, yeah, this, this is the company, I guess. They still have an active website like this? Mm-hmm. So apparently what happened was... Spirebit is a scam. Please do not send your money to this company. Refer to NPR's news article. Crazy, right? Of a real-life testimonial that proves this is a scam operation. He would log into his account, and he would just see the values continue to go up. In that article, and if you go down, it, there was a picture of what it looked. That's his daughter. Fucked up picture. Go down. Keep going. It shows a picture of right here. Look at this. This is what he would see when he would log on. He's like, man, I'm doing great. Look at my what, money. What crypto was he invested in? Was it their own native crypto? Bro, he doesn't know. He has no idea. Room pulled it up. I'm trying to look at it right here. Yeah. It, doesn't say, it just gives you an account value. His bonuses, how much he's made, his balance. Yeah, this is, this is in the beginning, obviously. Then why did it fall off at the end there? Like a straight down shot. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So you really, really got to do due diligence. And just because it says he online. Had two point, is that 2.8 million or no? No, this is, no, I think, no, the, the withdrawal. Off, different yeah, 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 yeah. Different account. But this is, wow. you, you really, really, really got to do your due diligence. and Man. Unregulated. Unregulated. And this is the problem. And you, you hear cases like this. And even like, I remember when 
Where's where? where I remember when we at? did when we did that interview when I first came on with Andy the Nguyen. Yeah, remember he was he was really into Andy Web Nguyen, th- yeah. really into Web three, and he was talking about when he first got into it. Even he got scammed. But the way it's been, it's always been kind of talked about. It's almost like it's part of the game. It's the cost of playing. Yeah, you're gonna get scammed, but you gotta figure it out. And it's like, I, like I don't I don't agree with any of that. Right, like you shouldn't have to endure any losses just to understand what's going on. You shouldn't get scammed, right? Well, the way they look, they look at it, and I'm not justifying it, but they look at it as if you want to be on the cutting, bleeding edge of a potential investment that could double and triple and just going to grow massively. Mm-hmm. It's getting early, bro. It's getting early, early adoption, early adoption. You know, it's like getting in the very, very early days of Apple. You have to be in there super early, so they don't spend the time to research. They don't spend the time to get to know it. They they think that it's supposed to be like little known. Right, it has the draw, and they they do that. I mean, the, the fact that this account's still running right now is crazy to me. But it goes to show you they're probably outside of the United States anyway. Yeah, so. they are. And um, the NPR reached out for comment. They got nothing. Of course, they didn't. But they tried to open up an account, and they said they had minimum minimum amount of three hundred fifty bucks. And yeah, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. But you know, you know what? Look, I feel for them on some level, but man, your entire oh, life savings into gone? this. Yeah, that was a live yawn. Sorry, I was it was a long day. I worked out for the first time in a long time. I gotta <laughs> tell you, my body's going like, why? Yeah, you don't need to do this. First of all, if your logo is some Space, SpaceX, I don't know, why is there a rocket in the? Well, moon? hold on. Why did this sixty-some, seventy-year-old guy look at this and be like, "This is the platform for me"? You know, this is like the next Bloomberg. It does kind of resemble Bloomberg. It's not. It does not. Coinbase Cash App. There crypto. you go. Dot com. See, look at that. Trust Wallet Coin Me. Mm. Spire bit. I sell and earn cryptocurrencies, indices, and stocks. I wonder if they even the know international corporations. I wonder if they oh headquartered in London apparently. What? That's what it said. I wonder um if they're seeing all these new Oh, come on. Yeah. Come all on. the Russian text. Yeah. It's all Russian. Yeah, and I think this way well, maybe that's what also was why this guy fell for it. I don't know if he was from uh Eastern Europe. Maybe he was. Wow. That's yeah, he was, poor guy was 74 years old. So, That's terrible. Bronze so, package, $500. Hmm. Let's get off this website. I don't want it to infect our computer with whatever the hell is going on there. Yeah, valid point. Anyways, got anything else? Yeah, man. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> Ever. Don't do that. Don't. Little rule I live by. Don't put your life savings in anything. If something goes up in a massive amount of money, mm-hmm. you put in. $100,000 or $50,000 or $350. Yeah. Your money doubles. Take your money out. Cover your costs. Keep that equity in there. Play with that. Yeah. Would have never. If he, if he put money in once, twice, mm-hmm. and then took his doubling money off the table and put it back in his pocket, he would have known, number one, early yeah. that there was something wrong and he wouldn't have invested more. And number two, mm-hmm. if he would have lost all those gains, it would have been money that was found because... It was he got his original money back. Yeah, man. People never in in Las Vegas in in investments. People get greedy. I put three hundred thousand dollars into a savings account. Right now you make fifteen grand. Why did you need to double your income? Why did you need to double your savings? Yeah. You spent your lifetime earning three hundred forty thousand dollars. Yeah, and you're gonna try to double it in a single couple of months. Oh, I can't even imagine what he's going through. I mean, th- this is illogical. Why did you work so hard for so long to give it up so fast? I mean, it's no it's no different than people believing that they're going to win the lottery, man. Poor people tax. I don't pay it. Yeah. No. I know you play the lottery. It's weird. I don't. I don't. Only when it gets super crazy and just yeah. to 
just to be included in like the, the work stuff. You know what it does when, it, when I do when it gets super crazy? Yeah. Drop by the signs and laugh. I <laughs> get <laughs> <laughs> super crazy. And there's some people like, you want to pitch in? I don't want to be like the Debbie Downer. I go, okay, yeah, man. I'm in for two bucks. Oh, I'm always the asshole. You are? You make fun yeah. of people? That's I'm like, y'all pay for, for people tax? Oh, cool. I said, I'm going to take my money and I'm going to go buy a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> a burrito. Like, it's just, I'm going to get some use out of it. Alun, you know? love, Alun loves playing lottery. Do you really? We've had this conversation before. It's the same I thing know. as Saeed. When it gets, I think, 200 or 300 mil, that's when I'm like. It's like one of his favorite games to play too. like on like long road trips. He'd be like, if you won the lottery, what would you do with it? I'm like, I don't play the lottery for me to even play this game. But what if you, what if you played the lottery? And what if you won? Honestly, I, know, I would I find exactly a way. I would find a way to torture Chris every single day. You know what I would do? Every single, I'd find. What 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 can I do to you? I would not tell anybody. I would go to the press conference, give him my name, mm. right? Be very very calm. Like you gotta go up. You gotta go up and accept the check, though. Yeah, I go up and say, "Thank you guys for the check. I appreciate it." Right? <laughs> total like total like calm. Wait, lump sum or payments? Lump sum up front for sure. No payments. So you thought about this? Yeah. No, no, no. I just, I don't believe in the time value of money. You never know when you're going to die. Plus, I can invest it better than, and I don't know, the government's going to always have the money. Like, I just don't trust people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, or they'll send a you, hitman on you. Yeah, give, give it to me now. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll put it in place for my son, my wife to use. Mm-hmm. So but on. then, here's the kicker. Mm-hmm. Is I'm going to bring the check into the office the next day. Okay. <laughs> And I'm going to put it on the wall in my office. Yeah. So anytime someone comes in and talks to me, they have to see it. <laughs> Wait, and you're going to keep coming to work? Keep coming to work. <laughs> but I'm going to do weird, quirky, like, rich guy shit. Like what? What's quirky, rich guy shit? Like, I'm going to pay someone out of my own pocket to be my, my, my work butler. <laughs> That's fucked up, man. Richard. What's wrong? You, what's, what's Richard, wrong? can you do me a favor? I'm craving a vanilla smoothie. Does Richard have a nickname? Huh? Does Richard have a nickname? Yeah, Richie Rich. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to have Richie Rich go get... You want a smoothie? Richie Rich is going to make us a smoothie. Mm-hmm. He works for me, not the company. It's not derogatory. He's a butler. Yeah. Isn't, isn't Dick short for Richard? I was wondering why you chose Richard. It just comes to you naturally. I, I am stunned at the reference. I never understood that. I don't, I don't understand. Oh, can you actually look that up? I'm actually curious. Why is Dick short for Richard? Well, I'm curious. You're not curious? I, I know you're curious about dick, but we don't have time for that right now, Come okay? On. Come on, man. You don't want to know? Sometimes, we don't all need dick. Okay. Well, dick is the nickname most often for Richard, which likely originated in the Middle Ages as rhyming slang for Rick. They rapped in the Middle Ages? He's like, yo, Rick, fuck that. Your nickname is Dick. <laughs> Maybe somebody had like one of those hardcore accents. As did William. Will, and now it turned into Bill. Robert. Rob, Bob. The modern I, association with penis is more recent, arising from Dick becoming a cliche name for any man, as in Tom, Dick, and Harry. Don't get it? I got nothing. I got nothing for you. Bye, everybody. We're gonna leave it on that. Yeah, Good night, everybody. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. 
If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.